Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Weersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and it's going to be excellent today because Dr. Lynn Hellerstein is with us. She is not only a leader in her profession, but a great great mom, a great grandmom, uh, a mentor to many. She has such a diversity of the uplifting, um, not only techniques from her career, but also some of her studies that you're going to hear about with her RIM method. She brings so much healing to the world. Welcome, Lynn Hellerstein. Hi, thanks, Betsy. I've known you for a while, and so this is always a fun interview because I just am so happy for our listeners to hear your story. So, you know, we we take a snapshot of you today running the successful practice and traveling the world as a speaker and a leader, but I'd like to go back to, you know, kind of growing up as a kid and what it was that got you started on a path, you know, really to be to service others in vision and beyond sight. So what got you started? Well, thanks. Well, um, my dad was an optometrist. My grandfather was an optometrist. So, you know, eyes in the vision world were a big part of our family, but I was always on track to becoming a pediatrician. I loved medicine. I loved working with kids. And and I was like in, last semester into applying to med school and I decided, no, I wanted a family. I didn't want all the night calls. So I quickly switched in applied to optometry school and went to optometry school way back in the uh, 70s. Well, were there women in optometry school? That's a great question. I was one of six women of a class of 69, and they thought we were overthrowing the school. Wow. They could not believe there were so many women. And we used to hear, oh, you know, you'll never hold a job because you can have a family. Um You'll make a good uh, technician. I mean, this is from our colleagues. We even had a contact lens professor who never thought we could fit contact lenses because it took a lot of beard stroking to figure out contacts. And one day, all the women in the class wore skirts, which we never did in school, sat in the front row, got, our, got beards, rented beards from a costume shop, and just sat there the whole time stroked our beards and oh my gosh that it sounds to me like a blast i wish i was a fly on the wall during the revolt of the six women in the beards our our classmates the guys thought it was great they all sat in the back but our professor never got it he just walked out he said okay that's cute take off the beards we go nope that is so funny yeah so so a lot of things change um you know i graduated in uh 1977 and when I got to practice, I was the third woman in the state of Colorado as an optometrist. So again, I was in a field that there were very, very few women. And I remember one of my very first exams was with a was actually a preacher. And I did the whole exam on him. And uh, at the end, he goes, wow, I've never had an exam like that before. Thanks. When's the doctor coming in? Oh, that's so funny, because that was going to be my question. Like, did you get that same feedback from patients, or just men patients? or And what did he say when you said, I am the doctor? <laughs> he said, I'll be damned. 
<laughs> wow, he was a preacher. <laughs> and he was a preacher. Wow. But all through even my um, my mentors, some of my mentors, um, they would tell me I was doing a great job. Uh, but by the way, they would never marry somebody like me because they can't imagine somebody could really be a doctor, hold a career, uh, be reliable in business, and be a wife and a mother all at the same time. So it really drove me to, you know, go beyond myself. Like I always felt I had to prove myself beyond being great, that I had to be better than everybody else. And, you know, just drove me into a real state of having to be a perfectionist um, so that I could prove it, that I was not only as good, I was better, which got me to where I was, I am now, but it also took its toll on me personally, physically, emotionally. Well, I want to talk a little bit about that because you know, again, I always have that theory that people see someone successful like you, especially that you're on the stage, you know, you have a lot of things going on and you're, you're author, speaker, lots of things. And they think, oh, that was just so easy, right? Cakewalk for Lynn. Um, talk a little bit about how that perfectionist uh, way to prove yourself led you down to some of those challenges. Well, I was the type of kid who always got straight A's and if I didn't you know and they didn't mean anything to me A was the expected and if there was a class that I got a B in that I felt like a failure and so I did everything to get the A's uh avoided things that I didn't think I could get an A in so it it um was emotionally very difficult but I was also one that I would look easy going, I'd laugh, I'd have fun, and nobody knew underneath what was really boiling inside of me. Um, and again, it wasn't until you know, I was about 50 that it all finally blew up, that being a perfectionist uh, was really destroying my life. And then how did it blow up for you? Because, you know, I know a lot about your story, but for the listeners, I think many of us can say, oh, that's me. You know, I can think of my parents and, and kind of how I was measured was by my grades. And I think as mothers, and we both are, um, it's it's tough to look at kids that maybe aren't academic and that's not their thing, my daughter, and to look beyond grades to say, you know, what else, what else is the scorecard in the world if it's not only about grades? Because definitely when we were growing up, it was only about grades. I think some conversations have changed. So talk a little bit about the health challenges that you went through in these really tough times. Well, as I was approaching 50, I was considering on um, writing a book, even though I don't like to write, on how to do it all. Be a mother, be successful in business. I had a great, actually had two practices, hired a lot of people working for me, very successful, making a good income. And that's where I was. And then I started having dreams that I was on a freight train ready to crash. And I knew, and I told my we had a women's study group because I wasn't allowed in the men's study group in Colorado. There were a handful of women at our national organization that we just like latched on, almost like leeches initially, as to you know supporting each other because we all um, were getting married, had families, and running our businesses. Most of us were independent and private practitioners. And I remember sharing with them is that I'm on a freight train ready to crash. I don't know how to get off. And, you know, it's kind of be careful what you wish for. At age 50, you know, I was doing my proper thing, having the colonoscopy, all the testing, whatever. And it was at that time they found a tumor in my colon. 
And that started me on a whole cascade of health problems. You know, I had surgery and became allergic to almost all foods, couldn't eat, couldn't digest foods. It became a metaphor of my life. I couldn't, I couldn't digest life anymore, literally. Um, and so I couldn't practice. I had to take some time off of my practice. I lost all of my labels, you know, no longer was I felt like an optometrist, a successful businesswoman. I'm, you know, I was still a mother, but not participating much. I was still a wife, not participating much. Labels meant nothing anymore. You know, it threw me in a state as to who am I and what is my purpose in life. And it was during that time that um, I started having to learn to be vulnerable and to really share who I am and what my fears were. Uh, I couldn't be perfect anymore because I wasn't perfect. Right. So even if I pretended to be, I couldn't be anymore. Right. And that really, it kind of like broke the shell open. And I remember, I, you know, I was so limited in my eating. And I had, um, before all of this, I was diagnosed with IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And uh, so eating was beginning to get more and more difficult. And I remember, you know, sitting at the kitchen table, not going to work. It's when we had newspapers. <laughs> you, the, for the, those of you that are young, in the day, in the day we used when to we had, write stuff on this thing called a newspaper. That's right. And I used to sit and eat my breakfast and read the newspaper. That's my dad still does. Yeah. And so I remember seeing an ad that they were looking, this ad said, looking for people to participate in a study. You know, they often will advertise studies, try new medications for things like menopause and depression, things like that. But it was for a study for IBS. And I thought, that's so weird. I mean, there's no real meds for IBS. And so I tore it out and called the confidential number. And I get a phone call back from this uh, lady. She says, oh, I know you. You're the vision therapy specialist that trains all the people in Winter Park. Many of my friends' kids have gone to you and and on and on and on. And, and it ended up being... Um, Audrey, who's now a friend of mine, but she was doing a research on using meditation for chronic illness. And as much as I always wanted to do yoga and meditation, it was boring. I had more things to do. I was, I had two switches on and off. I was either totally active or totally out. There was nothing in between. So thinking about meditating was like, you know, like unbelievable. So I, I was part of her study and found it was so effective to do this meditation it really reduced a lot of my digestive systems, started calming me down. And when we were done with the study, and the study actually showed that meditation was very effective for chronic illness, and IBS was the illness she used, that I decided I wanted to do more work in this area. And so I thought, where in the world is the person who created these CDs that I listened to? So I go online and Google and find the author of this CD is... Dr. Deb Sandella, who ends up being a camp sister, who actually is a patient at my office. And my daughter was teaching her daughter dance lessons. Oh, my goodness. So I have never heard that backstory. Have you not heard that? From all the years of knowing Dr. Deb, who's a fantastic person, will be on this show. And uh, no. And then she was already connected to the practice and to your daughter. And my daughter. And so I started learning, you know, coincidences are not just coincidences. And that things just happen. And so I started working with her and became trained in her work called RIM, really looking at subconscious and conscious integration and, 
and um, it, it was life changing. I created a whole new way of viewing my life and created what I call See It, Say It, Do It, which is the title of my book. Wow. Well, I know everyone's like, wait, 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 don't go to break. Wait, don't go to break. I got to know more about this. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast, and we will be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. We are back on Boost Power Podcast, and Dr. Lynn was really just telling us all of our story, which so many of us can relate to, which is like, go, 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 go. And I think I can do this all. And yeah, just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit. Whoops. And something stops. Something, our health, some change in life situation, something stops us in our tracks. And uh, Lynn was just explaining that from this fire came this amazing growth personally and professionally with the RIM method and Dr. Deb Sandella. So you kind of um, became the new you. I got to tell you, as an aside, this week I was seeing a naturopathic doctor, medical doctor, and she said the three things to make uh, growing, aging with grace and health. The first one was meditation, Hmm. which I was very surprised by. It does something in your cells to elongate someone who's a doctor out there would know this, but it does something great to keep your connections viable. Movement is the second one. And then food is medicine is the third, but meditation was number one. So here you are, you know, vastly ahead of your time with meditation as part of your health kind of recovery and plan. Right. So, all right. So then you're into this RIM method and then where did all this start coming in back to your practice now because you kind of um, not only had your normal practice, but you really started down the vision therapy world and then, of course, vision beyond sight. So kind of catch us up on that part. Sure. So when I created the book, See It, Say It, Do It, it's all about visualize, declare, and take action. It's what big businesses do. It's what athletes do. They see themselves succeeding. They make a declaration, I'm the, the greatest, and then they have action steps to follow through. Well, in my practice, I specialize in vision therapy, where we teach kids and adults to improve not so much their eyesight, but how well they can function visually and integrate it with their mind and body. And so I'd been doing vision therapy now, you know, for over, well, now it's over 40 years. But at that time, it was about 30 years, and we used a lot of visualization in our practice So, for example, we'd see kids that had reading problems and they couldn't track and they had double vision and they had poor eye-hand coordination and we'd do vision therapy and they'd really improve all their skills and do better in school. But often they still saw themselves as a poor reader. So their internal internal imagery did not match their external performance. Mm -hmm. And so I started getting really interested on internal and external vision. I can really help your your physical, visual skills and processing. But now I'm really interested in and also working on the internal picture that's driving all of that. And so that's where I started looking at my patients, not only just as this physical being, but internally what's going on and and wanted to help them uh, really match their internal and external vision. Well, I have to call you out because, you know, I always thank you that my daughter, when she was very young, had that double 
uh, strabismus, which I'm probably saying that incorrectly, but she had two lazy eyes, basically, and was not crossing the midline in her thinking and thought patterns. And then your practice was instrumental after her surgery in doing vision therapy, which we, I still remember the days of being there every week. And uh, it really changed her life. We did not know that she would ever read. And she is now a graduating senior of high school, uh, heading on to college. And I really, hallelujah, hallelujah I really call <laughs> you out in vision therapy for that. So um, you, you can see Lynn's contact information here on the podcast. Also, I'll have her say it out loud here in a minute. But if you do have a, a, just as a slide as a mom, I'm wearing my mommy hat right here. Mommy hat. Uh, if you do have a, a child that's struggling and also to address like concussion and what vision therapy does for those people, because I somebody out there needs to know this. Yeah, vision therapy is very effective for a lot of the kids that are labeled or mislabeled with learning disabilities, dyslexia. About 80% of people with concussions have some type of visual problem associated with that. Uh, we work a lot with athletes who want to improve their athletic performance because the eyes guide the body. And so athletes really get this as well. We work with a lot of gifted kids who have problems with handwriting. So vision therapy is useful for people of all ages, all types of difficulties uh, to really enhance their visual processing, transform their lives and improve their success in school, work and play. Well, so that's just an aside, but that might be some reason you were attracted to this podcast in particular. Be sure you find Dr. Lynn in and that's accessible across the U.S. And many people fly into Denver, I know, because you're a worldwide expert on that. Um, along the side, so we ask about your passion. I think it's pretty obvious, <laughs> you know, and vision beyond sight heading into that uh, now. But also talk about a little bit about your philo- philanthropic footprint, because I'm so impressed by your ability to do good and have fun and some of the things you've done with Von Miller and also your vision because the next question is, what are you excited about? So I'm teeing you up All for right. this big idea. Well, we've uh, we've always donated time to do screenings for schools and uh, groups. And now Vaughn Miller, our, our premier uh, Denver Broncos football player, has what's called Vaughn's Vision, where he provides eye care and glasses to those experiencing uh, either uh, low income or homelessness, uh, the kids. And we're happy to, my office, Hellerstein and Brenner Vision Center, uh, every year supplies our office space and then we coordinate doctors and opticians and, and assistants to do exams on hundreds of kids from like boys and girls clubs and other, other groups, um, come in and we do a, a lot of the exams. So we've done that for years. Um, I'm happy to say I'm also president of Socket to them, collecting socks, socks for those who are experiencing homelessness. But my new, uh, my, my dream and passion for year, years is to develop a nonprofit to really financially help those who can't afford vision therapy. Vision therapy is often not covered under medical insurance. And so as success, as successful as it is, we're only reaching those who can afford it. And there's millions and millions and millions of both kids and adults who really are impacted by their vision problems. It's impacting their everyday life. And if we only can get them treatment, they could be more successful and enjoy life as well. So I'm looking to start my own nonprofit and um, and help really millions of people around the world. 
Well, um, only that, right? Everyone's like, oh, in your spare time, you've already done, you know, this incredible work with RIM. You've got your books, you speak, your leadership in your industry, and then in your spare time also, uh, this huge vision. So that is so exciting. And a side note on Sakatuam Sock Campaign, very close to the heart of the Camp Experience Network. Uh, socks, anyone can be a sock ambassador anywhere in the world when you're listening to this. Sockatuamsockcampaign.org. And you could also find them on the campexperience.com website where you can find them as a charity partner and learn how to be a sock ambassador and bring socks to the neighborhoods you care about in your town anytime and any place. So Lynn, um, thank you for being such a big leader in that. Uh, very, very exciting for the world. Um, we like to kind of just work in any business tips. So in all your years of business, is there one or two tips that you think has really been um, something you've learned about? how to build a successful business and what, like, if you could tell somebody one, two or three things to do, if they're in the process of building, starting a business, or just things you've learned from all these years in your business. Sure. Probably the biggest thing is being vulnerable. The more I've been vulnerable and open and sharing, the more my staff uh, communicates together. Uh, I love my staff. We have staff of about 25 and um, they're the key. They make make the business run. And so as I opened up, my business grew. The other thing is, you know, really uh, having integrity and honesty in it. And um, and we spend a lot of time talking about these principles as much as we're in the eye care pr- uh, business. It's really having the team building that that uh, has built the, the business. And the number th- three thing is having fun. I mean, you'll walk in our halls and and, you know, vision's a serious thing to be looking at and makes a difference for people. But you're going to hear laughter all through the halls. And, you know, if you're going to work hard, you might as well have fun while you're doing it. And that together has, I believe, been, you know, three of the values that have really built my business. Well, and I would add thank you to your many, many years support of the Camp Experience Network, which sponsors like you that come in and service the eye care needs and the vision therapy needs and um, the fun needs with our annual trunk show, my favorite thing. Coming right uh, up. Coming up. Uh, for all of you out of town, you have to make it a destination and fly into Colorado in May because we have the trunk show. Um, I have one or two pairs of your glasses. Just one or two this month. Well, okay. So there's something about me. It's not very known fact, but I do have multiple pairs of beautiful, fantastic, fashionable eyeglasses from Dr. Lynn. So I like to be an eyeglass model one day when I grow up, but I digress. Um, but thank you for really affiliating with philanthropy as a business model and helping not only Sock It To Him Sock Campaign, where people bring socks into your practice, but I think that's a really good tip for people building. You know, do something beyond yourself. We call it do good, have fun. But by you contributing to camp, you get great customers that are ambassadors for you. They're models for you like me and a great pair of glasses. Um, They care about you and your people because of the good work you do. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, Before you get to go, you get to pick one of our random cards from the Live Big Dream Big deck, and then we'll read it and you'll get to answer the question it asks you. What will you create today? What a great question. I just, (laughs) coming from my physical therapy appointment, and my therapist loves what we do in vision therapy and sports vision, I can't wait to get back to the office and create my sports vision plan 
for expanding our practice in that area. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, Lynn, would you say out loud how people can find you? And again, the links are here uh, on the site, but also just go ahead and tell the listeners. Sure. Um, my website is uh, lynnhellerstein.com. And uh, you can contact me at my email, drh at lynnhellerstein.com. And then on the websites, Twitter and all that other all stuff. All that social stuff. All the platforms. All the other social stuff. And, and she's also all over campexperience.com under sponsors. Uh, you'll find information there. But I just want to thank you for being who you are. Your great work in the world. Um, we share uh, hip replacements, so we walk together. So we are two people who've been through physical challenges, but we've been able to have fun sharing that journey together. Um, you're such a role model, not only for your industry, but for all of us who just look to you to say, wow, you know, you do it really well, everything you do. So even though we are both very imperfect, you seem like a whole lot of perfect Oh, thank you. Uh, to me. And uh, definitely. Perfectly imperfect. That's it. I think we can share that together. It's definitely fun to be your friend and to share whatever's next as we go on this great journey together. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And just from this interview with Lynn, I know you can take some nuggets about perseverance and about, you know, the the really curse of perfectionist tendencies that many of us maybe had from our childhood and maybe we're fighting today. Um, Listen to her fascinating and wonderful story and use that to live your best life and have your best business success. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit from our uplifting energy, our ideas, and of course, how we do good and have fun. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.